we're sitting here in our new dining room with Frank from Arcadian Cypress, who helped me create what we see in here. And so we want to talk about wood. I know everybody here in the swamp and where we are has the most wonderful boards, and I have this board and this board. But Frank helped me here at the new Middendorf in Slidell to find some of the most beautiful cypress and other wood you can see. Behind our bar, we have 60 feet of pecky cypress. We have some beautiful boards. So I'll let Frank tell a little bit what different kinds of wood we have here. What? You have antique pine, and you have a, a lot of cypress, some old antique bead board that you hand-picked. I'm looking at it right now. I was telling your contractor, we were, we were looking at it, I said, it's, it's funny, Horst picked all those different colored boards out. He didn't, he didn't just get the boards and paint them those different colors, and they come from three different old houses that we recycled. The Cypress is amazing because, not because we sold it, I'd like to take all the credit, but we were able to harvest it and the barnacles, you used, you made perfect use of all the barnacles and, and used the edges and left the edges where where they can be part of the identity. And it should be a timeless, it's just timeless. Tell people, you mentioned the barnacles, <clears throat> people don't really know what it is. Like some people look at our Peggy Cypress and say, look, that's from worms. And then they look and then you, ex you have to explain them. And I don't want to, ex you explain the pecky cypress is a funk, fungal infection when the tree right. is alive. Right. And when you see the perfect little round holes, it's the barnacles uh, uh, from underwater, right? Right, absolutely. Well, pecky usually grows from the center of a mature tree. So the tree has to be mature, which means in cypress terms, 75 to 125 years or older. So the, it's a bacteria. It's anaerobic. It grows in from the little into from the little twigs all the way into the trunk, and then it starts to eat away. And it, it just it's the process, and it only eats the heartwood. So it's usually in the darker, and it makes it even darker. The streaks. Is this when you look at the picture? You see when they're locked in the old days in the Manchac swamp, the cypress tree. You know they didn't cut them on the bottom. They had like a scaffolding up, probably 10, 15 feet high, and that's where they cut the tree, or I don't know which height. Right. But right. it seems like it's the cone. There was inside a cone going in there, right? Yeah. So they yeah. didn't harvest the bottom part. Well, the, no, they would the, the, simply those those trees were so immense back in the day that we can't even imagine. What the what the size average size was. Plus, there was so much over top over the top that you you could actually walk underneath it. There was a there was a, its own ecosystem, and uh, those those were the big butts. You know, cypress has a flare, and that flare is part of the buoyancy that makes it so it can naturally resist natural disasters, hurricanes that that will topple a typical tree would not topple a swamp tree because of the network of the of the roots and that and that big bell but that that tur goes down and, and when you're sawing you cannot saw a typical sawmill cuts linear and and they would cut off of a lot of that because of the the sponginess of the butt which is a great carving wood and it has just as much resistance to decay naturally but also you they couldn't cut they would have to get rid of so much before they could get to a long merkinable board you know talking about the swamp and the big trees i went to a little exhibit in panchatula where they said in 1953 when they cut some of the last logs down some were like three thousand years old yeah yeah well you have some boards here that i i know are a thousand you can clock a thousand years on them and uh the, 
The, you know, the barnacles that I was talking about at the beginning of our conversation, the barnacles are on the outside, the pecky's on the inside. It's two totally different. And then you have barnacles that'll grow on, on the logs as they fell, but it doesn't, the, the tree can stay underwater forever in an anaerobic state. Once again, anaerobic. You see, when you cut that cypress tree over and that, and that um, the pecky, that bacteria, when the air hits it, it dies. So you no longer have a, it doesn't continue to eat as long, it dies when you cut the tree. In the old days, I read sometimes in old newspaper articles when I did some research about we did our timeline, um, that like on Wednesday, some of the sawmills gave all the peggy cypress away to get burned and everything. Yeah. And there's another thing when we did the research, if you ever come to the Middendorfs in Manchac, we have a timeline and you can walk up how the Manchac swamp was. And you know, we're talking about global warming and losing wetlands. There, uh, Back 120 years ago, when they harvest, started harvesting the cypress, I think they harvest like 5 million acres of virgin cypress in mm-hmm. Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And that's was a protection for all the storms. Yeah. And you know, it's gone. We can't bring it back. No. You're planting a little cypress tree, we ne- it's gonna, never going to make it the thousands of years it needs to make it uh, so strong. It doesn't. Uh, so I think our grandfathers have as much to do with using some wetlands as some other companies right now. Absolutely. Well, you know, the scientists that I've, that I've listened to over the last 15 years, they call it the, a relic forest. It, it's gone. It, it's just in its final stages. Part of the development of the levee system that tamed the Mississippi River and kept it from jumping its banks or flooding every year you know, our urbanization started really there after the Great Flood, and you can look at the history books yeah. in New Orleans. And from there forward, we have started to affect, and we're just now seeing the environment react to that effect. The that, that Mississippi River is like a, a built water hose. You know, when a water hose has a lot of pressure, it just blows yeah. everywhere. That doesn't happen anymore. So how do you get rid of the toxins out of a swamp that's now dormant? If the water would push out the salt, you'd be able to wash it and cleanse those toxins. And then you'd have a vibrant, you'd have vibrant, um, the organics that, that are supposed, that live right there. So it's, it's, it's a shame to see it's, Everybody, everybody does a little bit to have a big impact, and it's important for us to pay attention to that moving forward. Can we reverse it? I don't think that can be reversed, no. but we can Not learn. In our how, lifetime. No, but but we can do what we can to save it, so it can what's left, and and then we can manage it from there as a people. Well, we'll let you get. But here, when you come to the Slidell area, and you help me so much. We're sitting across the bar, and actually the table we're sitting on, it's a sinker, cypress, yes. Yeah. And then we have uh, the whole back wall is pecky cypress, and the mirrors uh, framed in with the wormy. And what also did, Frank gave me this idea, I used some pecky cypress, and I put plaster in it, so the holes on the dark, they're white and everything. So, and then the whole bunch of reclaimed beaded board, and... The epiwood we have also here, yeah. some big boards who came actually. Some of the epiwood I got, epiwood is uh, called also ironwood, right? It's real heavy. That's right. Yeah. A- and uh, we got this from the Mishu uh, can- Canal, I think some came out there. That was a very interesting hunk of wood. It, it, and, and the thing about the ipe is it's, it's so dense. I know you witnessed that when you tried to cut into it. It is something else, and it's so heavy that it'll actually sink in water. It's one of the few species, and I see that you have a lot of you drew you brought some Manchac identity up here. I see some of the boards that 
that you looks like you salvaged and repurposed. And you know these beautiful light fixtures that you have that are hanging on those beams. Well, you found me the beams. They're from some Amish. Those are Amish beams, and they came from. They were for a quick tour for they were, they were taken down uh, in Connecticut, and that was a, we we bought the whole barn. And when the when the whole barn showed up on that truck with all the notch, and they just they just pulled the plugs, they pulled the pegs, knocked it down, and loaded on a truck. But when when the truck rolled in. It was perfect timing because I said, I called you. You remember yeah. I called you and said, hey, hey, come check this out. Because I laid some of the boards aside. It is neat to see that history and that artisan. That, that's really amazing. And so we took this beam with all the artisan work in there, and we took some old ropes around it with some wire and everything and made lights out. So when you come here, you have to look them. They look beautiful. And mm. what Frank and I, we talked earlier is uh, we used uh, from the sink of Cypress with all the worms on there, our barnacles, we cut them in what we call a life edge, so you see the rough outside with the worms, and we put uh, just clear, on everything we have here, we just put a little bit polyurethane on it, and all the different colors coming out when the, war, uh, the wood is on the water, it just comes out so much prettier the color-wise. Right. Excuse me, sir. Right. You know, we take... Excuse me, sir. Hey. Oh, hey. We, wait a second. We taping something for the radio. We take the dirty show face. The, show them the t- uh, kitchen. You, show if them you the, look right. at the dirty face when you walk in the restaurant, and if you see all... It looks like old beams that are just boards that are laid up. That's actually one board from each beam that we cut the outside off, and then we cut the inside to the flooring. So Horst actually picked through thousands and thousands of feet to come up with the right mix. It was amazing to see him. And then he'd, then he'd leave and come back and pick out a different color and go through <laughs> the same pile. Oh, I need some more of this. So it was, it was interesting to see that. So you know, there's not so many people to go to so much trouble and love to do this. But I think when you come in here, it shows I care and just people know I touched every piece of wood. And yeah. I said, Frank, hey, you have some old windows. So we got the windows. We did this. Um, and by the way, yes, you get a lot of the splinters. I learned some of them. The hard pine are the worst. They're the most painful splinters when you get them. Until uh, you get smart enough to put gloves on. But so when you come in, you see all this. It's uh, Whatever you see, there's a lot of thought into it. And, and, and care. And all the people in Frank's place helped me put this together. And then the people who put it on the wall here. And it's not like you pick something up and you put it on the wall. Some of the bigger boards I brought in my barn. I wrapped them in plastic and put the humidifier. And they had them six months in dehumidifier. People, People don't realize. They, they don't, don't know. Realize. No, no. It's not like you go somewhere and buy it off the shelf. Yeah. Sometimes Frank called me and said, hey, I'm cutting some tomorrow. Can you come up? And sometimes he cuts the whole day and we only find three, four boards yep. for what we call for Middendorf's project. So it's, it's a lot of, uh, was a lot of fun, but also seeing it. When we walk around here, I'm just looking. And then what we did here also, we found all these old gauges. Uh, and so we what I call steam funk. And we put this uh, cast iron pipes up there uh, to bring it all together and everything. So there's a lot of unique stories. But then, just to let everybody know, at the end, we got nervous. Since when I told Karen and the girls in the office, hey, all this beautiful wood. They said, don't turn it into one of these man caves. And so I got nervous. And in the last minutes, we decided to add a little bit of color. So we got this copper metal. And when you come in, it's like it's uh, uh, stained with different colors to break a little bit. And as Frank said, in the middle of our bar, we uh, reclaimed also some wood from the old original Middendorf's restaurant from 1934. There are some old panels around certain doorways. 
in the middle of the bar. And uh, the doors from the bar going into the kitchen, they are also from the original building. Now, when you were in the old man shack, they used to be pitch black or dark. And uh, we sanded them down and, and made them give them more the natural color. People go no more for this. So, And then we had some leftover piece of board, so we got some more pipes and made some coat hangers and put them on there. Uh, old beams and as strange as it looks when you come on the ro- in the front door there's one beam it's all beam I'll be like oh that's perfect for there and so stuff yeah. we got there and then oh when you come in oh I say oh okay when you come in the front door so we had all this little leftover square blocks of the beams oh. and then we made a little <laughs> puzzle together and you walk in and you see our host stand has all this different wood pine fir and, 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 and uh, cypress but just to let you know, it's, it's more than a day's of work since you have to cut every piece, think it out how it is, and you have to do 50% more, then sand everything and everything. But when you come in, I didn't thought it would work, but now with this rough edge wood, dark wood behind it, the dirty wood, it really stands yeah. out. Yeah, you, you have touched every facet. A lot of people, when they're, they're involved in entrepreneurial spirit, how they get in and they build and they, they design, and then, then there's a design, 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 but I, I have seen you touch every board, and, and I think you have finished just about every board because you wanted it finished a certain way in Manchac, and I, I would go over there to see you, and, and you're there working, putting the finish, making it just right. Then you transport and you had a great contractor. They did a fantastic job. But but you you really have uh, just wanted to touch every facet of the of the production of, and replication and tie in. It's a phenomenal place. The, the windows. You know, we're looking at those. I was looking at the little windows. Those are those are from the old Ponchatoula High School. Yep. That, you gave them to me. That's right. And we so we repurposed uh, low impact and a and a, a, a great a great view. I think that it's uh, it's going to be hard to replicate if you if you uh, decide to redo it again someday. I believe you better get. Well, let's your take a little break and finish this one All since right. we still, you know, we we almost there, but you we still need to add a little bit, few little minor, minor touches to it. Never. It's going to take me a couple years to get some of this character back in the warehouse. So, <laughs> so take your so time. So we have time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Frank, is there anything else you can think of besides selling? If you ever need some great Cypress and everything, you have to come to Panchatula, Arcadian Cypress. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Come on down. We like to Louisiana people making Louisiana treasures for our Louisiana homes. I'm looking. I'm, we're open five days a week. And also, I wish you the best of luck with this project. It is a beautiful. The food is fantastic. I don't see how you did it just right off the bat. It's the people are great. It's a good, good, it, it's very good. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Nobody start getting sentimental here. Let's stop it at this. Thank you for coming, Frank. Thank you for sharing this with our listeners here. Thank you. Thank you.